we wanted to let you know that if you love this show, how about seeing it live? We're going to be at Money 2020 Europe in Amsterdam this June, and we're bringing Fintech Insider live with us. We'll be bringing the podcast to the main stage right before the drinks reception, and you can be there. Sign up for tickets now. Go to europe.money2020.com forward slash register and use discount code 1811FS. That's 1811FS to get 200 euros off the ticket price. Insider interviews. My name is David Breer. I nearly forgot my name then, which is always an interesting way to start, isn't it? But it's been a long day and probably a long week, and we'll see how this one goes in terms of where I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Alison Rose. So, Alison, thank you very much for coming Pleasure. back onto the show. Um, it feels like a second ago that we spent time together at Entrepreneurial Spark, but it, it was maybe five or six months ago. Five now, or six guess, months ago, it? which is amazing. It's just flown by. It has, yeah. It feels like it was two seconds ago. It was Christmas, but now we're uh, well and truly at the end of Q1. Aren't exactly. We? So Scary. <laughs> it is. But uh, thanks very much for coming Pleasure. back. I thought it'd be lovely to spend a little bit more time and, and learn a little bit more about you because we spoke about a lot about the, the work that RBS is doing with entrepreneurs, but actually just learning a little bit more about your background uh, and really what makes you tick. So okay, um, maybe if we start a little bit about what you did prior to RBS and, you know, did you expect to be the, the CEO of a, of a big bank? Um, so no, never expected to be the CEO of the big bank. Our HR department always um, get really terrified when I go and talk at events and talk to graduates because you know there's that whole thing if you've got to have a three-year plan, a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, a life plan. None of that, you know, none of that. Never expected to be doing this. Um, I mean, I've been in banking um, 25 years now. Um, started as a graduate, most of my time in investment banking and running international businesses. So been doing it a long time. And I'm I'm a little bit of, you know, when I started as a graduate, it was like this, this is going to be a really fun career. I'll get to travel. I was really into traveling. I wanted something, you know, exciting and dynamic. And I thought I'd do it for three or four years and then go and do something else. And, you know, surprise, I'm still here 25 years later, which is which is a really good sign because I love what I do. And yeah. I think that's really important. So um, well, it's such a changing industry that I guess, you know, through those 25 years, you've seen very different sort of times in banking. You know, it, it feels like now must be the, the, you know, the pinnacle of that, but it's continually moving forwards, isn't it? In terms of the, either from a regulatory perspective or the technology that's coming through and disrupting. So I guess it's, you must've seen a lot of change in that period. I've seen huge change. And I think that's the really fun thing about the industry. I mean, I have, you know, a short attention span, you know, I like to, be challenged and I like to learn and I am learning so much and I think the point that we're, we're at now is probably the most exciting because actually I don't know what's going to happen and I'm having to learn new things really quickly and, and industry lines between industries and businesses are merging and what you learn from one industry into another is, is just massive and how much you can disrupt each other so you know I think that's the thing that's kept me really engaged I mean I've done you know I say banking for 25 years. I've done 10 different jobs, 10 different almost careers in that in that time. But it's about learning and you're constantly learning and having to develop. And our industry is going through massive disruption. Our customers, because banks only exist to serve customers, um, our customers are, are having massive change 
whether they're personal customers or business or corporate customers. And so, you know, you're having to learn, you're having to learn to help them. So I think it's a really exciting time. So I'm, I probably know less now and have the opportunity to learn more. So that's quite a good place to be. I think that's a lovely thing about it, though. It's like every time I've spoken to you, that that uh, excitement about the change that's kind of coming through is, and it's there's so many people that you can see who are, are fearful of the, the change yeah. there. But uh, I get a genuine sort of, um, you know, passion for the, the change that that's kind of coming because it's you know it's inevitable in terms of the the technologies or things that are coming through but that you know that for me it's the thing that gets me out of bed to do this stuff every day it feels like it's uh you know continually moving continually evolving and that for me is to your point it stops things being being boring doesn't yeah. it for sure and i am and, and i think that's the point you know change can be really frightening um and i think you know, particularly for big organizations, lots of change and lots of disruption can be, can feel really scary. But I think as long as you're open minded and you embrace change and you embrace challenge, which I, you know, I love, then it can be really exciting. So when I look at what's happening in the industry, I think there are spaces where our industry will be disrupted massively. There's lots of new entrants, there's lots of competition. That's really fun, you know, and there are lots of new skills we have to learn, lots of new areas you can go into, and it opens up opportunities. So, um, one one thing I've definitely learned through my career is every time there has been a crisis and, you know, economic cycles or financial crises or companies, you know, having difficulties or industries being disrupted, there is always something to learn from it. Mm. And there's always opportunity in it. And I think it's how you approach that and actually how you respond to failure that gives you a spur on whether that's running a business or individually, personally, and how you develop. So, yeah, um, yeah I have a real passion for it. it. It's amazing how those cycles can apply to an individual or an entire organization. But exactly like you say, it's it's not what happens, it's how you react to a Absolutely. certain degree, isn't it? So Yeah. And that's and that's what I say to a lot of, you know, people when I'm talking about my career. You know, I've I've had periods in my career where, you know, things have gone really wrong for me personally or in the organization I've in. And actually it's how you respond to them and how you pick yourself up and what you learn from them that that really does develop. And and that's true of technology, right? You've got to try lots of things. They've got to evolve and not everything will work but some will, but as long as you learn something th through that process, yeah. it's a positive. And, and how do you, I guess, you know, given all of this change, you know, and staying, uh, steering the ship in the, the direction for the organization, because obviously, you know, given the new competitive landscape and all the new technologies and like, how do you see this playing out? Because it's, I, you know, I don't think there's necessarily one answer to that question. So I'm not going to put you on the spot to, to fix it, but it's how do you see this change sort of coming through? And if anything, it feels like the pace is picking up in terms of the, the level of disruption that we're seeing. I think that's exactly the crux of it is that there is, the pace of change is picking up massively. Um, so you've got to be willing to embrace yourself being disrupted. The difficulty in is the uncertainty and the ambiguity is you don't know which areas will disrupt first and in which pace. And so what you've got to be able to do is recognize the landscape make partnerships with people learn from people you know take bets in different areas judge you know judge the risks judge it appropriately try a few things and evolve and i think having that ability to move in a very agile way and to be able to pivot really quickly is the only way it's going to work so i i think you know for for me the the best way to deal with this and the way you know i try and deal with it both as a leader of a business and and you know running the business to shape it for the future is, is looking at it from the point of view of my customers and looking very simply what 
what do businesses need? You know, what are they going to need in this changing environment to run their businesses? And yeah. therefore, what do I need to do to adjust to that and help to that? And where am I going to be the best person to do that, as in my business? Or where are other businesses going to be better? And can I learn from them, partner with them, or introduce them or connect and then compete? Yeah. You know, we're, we're in business. So it's it's about competing. And that's, that's how I approach it. And trying to get people comfortable with that ambiguity is really mm. difficult because people have different motivations and yeah. different different sort of intrinsic approaches to that. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think that changing landscape brings about a, um, a different level of humility that's required, doesn't it? Because it, we're, in a, we're in a scenario where a, like a small startup, you know, not far from where we are now, can do something amazing because the technology is there now to, to accelerate that thinking. And it's, you know, the difference between a, a huge organization and a small organization in the eyes of a customer is very little now, given how things can happen. So it's, I, I, it's amazing how that, um, that change in dynamic of huge companies working with very small fintech companies to, to do interesting things. It's, it really feels like it, again, it's a different dawn, isn't it? You know? Yeah, it really is. And I think it's, I, I think it's really important, particularly for leaders in any, in any business, in any industry, but to, to not stick to that norm of, I know the answer. We're all going that way. That's the right answer. Because I think that's, you know, that can very quickly become hubris and, and yeah. just the wrong thing. I think there's got to be humility in, in, in understanding that just because you've existed for a long time and you're big is no guarantee that you will exist tomorrow or a hundred years in the future or 10 years in the future. And so I think humility and leadership is really important and being able to say, I don't know the answer. I know that there's this range of possibilities and I've got to make judgments of what I'll do, but real humility of saying, I don't know, please help me. Let's learn together. Let's partner. Um, and I think that's an important part of big business, small business, and just leadership generally. I think that's a really interesting point. People don't talk often enough about the changes in the requirements for leaders. The, the, you know, it's about new technology. It's about, you know, new shiny things, but actually that, that changing pace, the changing dynamic actually requires different types of leaders in the organization as well, doesn't it? So it's, it's been, um, you know, the, the, it feels almost, uh, like I say, that pace of change is just changing everything, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, not wanting to state the obvious, but you're one of very few, uh, female CEOs. I think I checked before we started recording this and I think it's of the Fortune 500, it's only about 24, 25 who, uh, have even female representation at a very senior level, let alone at the, the CEO position. It'd be good to get your thoughts on, I guess, why you think that is, and and actually, are we doing enough to really sort of change that that mindset in uh, it, either it being acceptable that that's the way, or what we need to put in place to change it? Yeah, well, it's a topic that's very dear to my heart. Um, you know, I, I think you know, business has got to change very significantly. The, the industry I work in, financial services, we're massively underrepresented from a gender perspective. And I think that's, you know, it's a legacy thing. It's how careers have grown up. It's expectations of careers. It's traditional hierarchical structures. It's quite a male-dominated environment. I think when I look back on when I started, you know, I was largely gender blind for the early part of my career. And then by the time I was getting to MD level, I sort of looked around and all the women had gone and you suddenly go, cool. Where, gosh, how did that happen? Um, and I think we just, you know, the workplace just didn't encourage it. And it's, you know, when it's, 
you know, what it's like when you're in a group and there's group think and everyone looks and feels the same, it can be intimidating. Um, and I think, you know, the industry is working really hard to change this. And I, I think it's great there are more women in roles. There's a lot of debate right now around um, gender and equality. But for me, you know, the, the case has been won for diversity years ago. You know, there are studies everywhere that talk about more diverse organisations are more successful. Um, I want to have an organisation that represents the society and the businesses I, I support. And if you're out of step with that, you're just not going to be successful. And, you know, if everybody's from the same background, with the same viewpoint and the same gender, you, you do get groupthink. And yeah. I think um, we just need to create more change. Um, is it happening fast enough? No. It's, you know, it's 100% better than it was when I started, but I really don't want to be having this conversation again in, you know, three years and five years. We've got to really create an opportunity for change. And I think changing working practices, disruption, technology, new ways of working, a much greater embracing of, you know, work and life. You know, I don't think this separation thing works. Um, all of that triggers a much healthier debate and conversation and will drive change. I, I think the hard thing is, I think there's so much emphasis being placed on pointing out the problem, yes. but so little pointing to what really the solution actually is. Yeah. And, I, and I think the thing is, it's... Um, I, I just don't know. And I've, I've talked to as many people as I can about actually what is the solution in terms of changes because it, it starts so dramatically, not just in the workplace, but 20, 30, you know, years before that in terms of educational system. You know, people talk about by the t age of four or five that, you know, people have been taught that there's these differences and difference in levels of expectations. But it's, uh, you know, it's, it's almost a, uh, uh, you know, a huge mountain to know what to do. I guess it's, can, what's your thinking on, I guess, at this stage within the workplace? Because we're, we're almost trying to retrofit for, you know, two or three generations to, to, to create an environment where actually there is some balance. It's, you know, it's hard to know what to do to fix it, isn't it? Yeah. And I, and I think that's the thing. I think there's no silver bullet, right? Lots of people have tried different things, but... I think you've got to change the culture of organisations to really embrace talent and, and address unconscious bias and working processes and, and all those things. And the, the old concept of a glass ceiling, I think, is really outdated. I've always hated that concept because it's implied everyone can get to that point and then there's a glass ceiling. Yeah. And the way I always describe it, it's almost like it's the asbestos in the walls as you go. You've got to address it at all levels. But to your point, you've got to, you've got to get to kids in schools it's in education you've got to encourage more girls to do stem and and think about it, things in a different way and create openness and engagement about careers um, and I think there's a lot going on in there but you've really got to go in and talk at that level and encourage and then create organizations that have the culture that supports that progression as it comes through so I think it's got to happen at every single level yeah. the interesting thing I think is which is great it, it's not the, it's not a universal women's debate anymore. It's the women and the men together. And I think that's really important. You yeah. want you want a conversation with everyone. You want to break down barriers. You know, guys want work-life balance. They want to manage all of those things. So do women. Um, women are really ambitious. Men are really ambitious. How do you create an environment where it becomes about talent rather than preconception or unconscious bias or societal prejudice all those elements. Um, so I think conversation is really good, but really getting in early. Positive role models are hugely important. Um, 
when I started off in the industry, the role models, you know, there were very, very few female role models and they fell into two categories. I remember a horrendous thing I went to once, which was um, uh, a panel I was asked to talk on and there were, you know, and this is, you know, this is terrible, but the two role models were, you know, a woman who stood up and said, well, if you want to be successful in a career, you can't have children. And another woman who said, well, if you want to be successful, you know, whatever you do, you've got to wait till you're 45. And then, and I just thought, I don't want a career that looks like that. Mm -hmm. I want a career that, that fits me and will, will allow me to thrive. And I think that's true of Everyone, whether you're a man or a woman, that's what you want and that's what you've got to create is that environment. But it starts right at the beginning and everybody's accountable right the way through. Can you imagine somebody saying that at a conference these days? Like the, you know, that would be um, interesting uproar and and rightly so. But it's a, like you say, it's, it's an interesting one that if that, you know, role models have moved on so dramatically, haven't they? And, you know, you are a role model now for those types of people. So I, I guess the work that you do, you know, because I know you speak at yeah. a lot of conferences on this, this uh, as well as everything you do with for a day job. Yeah. Do you find it a bit distracting sometimes? Because I, I guess sometimes it must be hard to be in a situation where you're like, I don't find myself constantly reminded that I'm a man. Yeah. Like, um, you know, people don't go to me, oh, you're a guy doing a thing. Great. You know, like, d- is it, uh, it's hard, uh, not being a female doing a thing. I don't know if it's an insulting thing that people remind you. It's like, oh, am I? Thank you for noticing. <laughs> you know? Like, is, is it a weird thing? And like, is it to the point where actually when it's not a point that people ask you a stupid question on a podcast about that, actually we've got real, you know, equality in that situation, that it's not a thing. Yeah. I mean, it's a difficult, I, I think, I think being a role model, I, I take that really seriously. I think if, and I think every leader has to do that, but I think for women, it's really important to be positive role models, you know, to sponsor, to mentor, to encourage, you know, both men and women to, to create that. So no, I don't mind that because, um, I'm very, I'm very conscious about the message I give. Um, and which is just, I'm just myself. I mean, I think fundamentally I'm just myself. I'm the same person at, at home as I am at work, although my kids will say I'm slightly bossier at home probably, but, um, (laughs) But, but I think it's really important to role model the right behaviors because actually people, people can say, well, you know, in the nicest possible way, gosh, if she can do it, I can do it. And that's really what you want. And you want to create that environment where people can thrive. Um, I'm really careful about not because it is complex. And I think everybody's career journey is very personal that you, you can't give a, this is the way to do it. So I get asked a lot about my work-life balance and being a working mum. And and I'm really careful about saying, well, the answer is this, because it's so personal. We all have individual career journeys. We all have complicated lives. We all have compromises. Individually, we're prepared to live with or not live with. And mine will be different to yours. uh, and you know, so so I try and just talk about it, and hopefully in there there is something that someone can be encouraged by. Mm. Um, but I think that you know, the message of be yourself, find a career you love, um, and then you know, really sort of use people to help you develop and invest in yourself is a universal message as a leader rather than a specific female one. Yeah, well, so, it's, that's a message that anybody can take inspiration yeah. from, not just yeah. the fact that you're a female trying to aspire to doing more senior things. So. so I try and be a business person who happens to be a woman. Yes. And I think that's a, that's a really positive thing. So I'm always very happy to talk about my experience, um, but as a business woman. Yeah. So hopefully that is 
provide some experience and opportunity for people. Indeed. I hope so. Well, I, I guess, you know, that leads us to probably a quite an interesting question, because I, I know this is actually like the longest period of time you've sat down all day, given the, <laughs> the thousand things that you're doing and the thousand things you're going on to next. But what's the, how are you doing all of this? Like, how are you sort of running a business? What's the productivity tip you'd give us for uh, how you're sort of pulling all of this stuff together? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's about, um, A, having a great team. So, I mean, I think that's the really important thing. I've, uh, you know, the thing I'm, proudest of, of all the things I've done and all the different businesses I've run is the teams that, that, that I've worked with. And I think, you know, in any big job like this, in any, you know, role that you're doing, you can never do it on your own. It's never about you as an individual. It's about the team. And I don't mean that in a trite way. It's, it's absolutely true. So I have a great team of people. I mean, they're all better than me. You know, they're brighter, they're smarter, they're, you know, really motivated. And we work really well together as a team. Um, and we challenge each other. And I think that's really important, which means that we can then set priorities together and, and balance. And, you know, it's a juggle, right? So I have some days where I'm running around like a headless chicken um, and some days where it's a little calmer, maybe a few of those days. But it's about being really clear on what we're trying to achieve, really clear on the vision and then prioritizing my time. And I think that's true of whether you're running a big business or a really small business. It's just that constant what what what's what's really critical what's the most important so i guess that's balancing priorities yeah constantly balancing priorities and you know getting lots of help you know using your team making sure that you've got the right support um and really being clear on the direction you're going and not being afraid to change direction if you need to yeah i I guess um to end it'd be lovely to clearly the two ladies on stage didn't give particularly great uh, career advice, but, you know, for people who are aspiring to, to um, you know, get ahead in, in banking or business more generally, what would be the, the sort of career advice you'd, you'd give to somebody starting out? Yeah. So if you're starting out, I would say um, uh, really important, um, I, I think, is, you know, try lots of things, you know, take risks in your career, um, I think, and really invest in your own skills. You know, I think nurturing your own capabilities and your own talents is really Really important. So learn, 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 learn constantly. Uh, have that curiosity and passion to learn because I think that sets you up for whatever you do in whatever career path. The second thing I'd say, which I think is a really particular one I, I say to women, is just to be yourself. And it's really important because it's very easy in different environments to think, well, that's the role model to succeed or I have to do it that way. And if you try and copy someone, you'll always only ever be a second class version of yourself. So really be yourself because that's why you're successful at what you do or you've been selected to do something. Um, the advice I always sort of gave to my, my, I always think I give to my younger self is, um, sort of don't sweat the small stuff you know as you're going along sometimes things when they're really up close look just really bad or really terrifying or intimidating Um, but actually when you in the scheme of things they're not they're not important so just learn from every experience because you know even when I've made you know terrific mistakes and you know had really bad experiences I've always learned from them and so just try and try and find that and then fourthly find something you love doing you know, it's really important. Um, I love my job. I feel great privilege 
that I love my, you know, I do something that I really enjoy. That doesn't mean every day is brilliant. And there are, of course, there are days where I go home and, you know, I shout at the dog. Um, but, but find something you love that you have a passion for that you can learn and develop and, you know, do it, do it with passion because I think anything that you're passionate about, you're going to be successful. In. Yeah. And that's, that's fantastic. Like, again, every time I talk to you, that passion comes through. And I think, uh, you know, if you if you do something you love, it stops feeling like job, doesn't it? Which Absolutely. is fantastic. So, yeah. but thank you very much for making the time. Anyway, I know you're super busy, but um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Oh, today. pleasure, always a pleasure. Thank you. If you like what you've heard, subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes. We love reading those reviews. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, and you can find us on Twitter. Thanks for all for now. Speak to you soon.